I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 107. You know what? Chicken butt. We still don't have a bleepity bleep intro. <laughs> Look, I felt like I was so, I came in so hot last time, I had to come in a little less hot today. Yeah. So that, hence the bleepity bleep. I like it. I like it. It's all about balance. Life is about balance. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'd rather have a plethora of intros to choose from. And by that, we mean use them in the same order we get them. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's that we're talking about, you say? <laughs> well, if you head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast, we have different tiers, different levels that you can join. And each level has its benefits package. And some of those include being able to introduce an episode of Sinister Sightings. And some of you mother bleepers. Dang. (laughs) Dang. Mother lovers? No. (laughs) No. You've been watching too much Pornhub. (laughs) Have it sit in your fucking Sinister Sightings. So send them in. Yeah, we need y'all. The episode isn't complete without an intro. But for real, we love when we have intros for these episodes. So if you want to introduce an episode, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. I'm a skeptic, but also not a skeptic? Question mark. Does that make sense? Question mark. Oh, you're going up high. Yeah, I'm channeling my inner Donna. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, girls, let's start off with the usual I love you guys, because guess what? I love y'all. You keep me entertained while I'm at work. I'm sorry if this is long. Hopefully, you can shorten it some. BTW, you can totally say my name. I'd love to have a squealing fangirl moment. Anyway, here it goes. I've had several incidences in a 27-year long life that have made me stop and think, did I just see that? And what was that? And of course, I'd always try to debunk it every single time. But sometimes I just can't debunk an incident. And that's when my stubborn ass tells myself, you need more sleep. But there is part of me that does think that I'm a tad sensitive, but just too damn stubborn to admit. And if it is true, I've probably annoyed a whole bunch of spirits by ignoring them. Oops, my bad. That reminds me of Cher when she hit the car. That's literally what I was channeling whenever I said that. <laughs> you did a good job. Like, I saw Oops, my bad, and I was like, that's exactly what I was picturing mm-hmm. when I said it. This story is one of those moments when I just couldn't debunk the incident and was freaked out. I just lost my cousin and best friend to a house fire not too long ago. My cousin Chris and I joked with each other all the time and said we were the black sheep of the family. And black sheeps have to stick together. He was a guy who had his struggles, but his lifelong friend and I were determined to help him lift himself up out of this deep depression he was in and to sober up. He had been doing so much better. I almost felt like his little sister who was picking him back up and reminding him, you've got this, and was constantly doing and telling him small things to help him. He started dating again and smiling a genuine smile. I could finally see him fighting his depression and not giving up. The only problem was we couldn't get him to stop drinking. We believe his drinking played a role in his death. The night before Chris's funeral, I had a dream that didn't scare me, but it just really threw me for a loop, and I didn't understand why because it was just a dream. I asked myself, why am I thinking about this so much? In the dream, I walked down a normal-sized hallway, nothing spooky or weirdly long. It was just a hallway. I opened a door and walked in. As soon as I walked in, there was a person that was black laying on the ground by a chair. They were reaching for me. Not a figure, not like a shadow, but a human being full-bodied. Their skin was pitch black, but it was like something was wrong with it. I could see the features of the hands and the arms that were reaching out to me. It was the left arm just reaching, like getting to me meant life or death. 
I was really bothered by the fact that when the person opened their eyes and looked at me, they were legit human eyes. They weren't black or red demon eyes. They weren't scary. In fact, it felt like I was looking into the eyes of a sad person. I woke up and tried to brush the dream off, though flash forward to me getting ready for the funeral. I was putting on my mascara and of course I was looking in the mirror. I looked down to put the mascara brush back into the tube and looked up and I could have sworn I saw somebody standing in the bathroom doorway, which is by my mirror. But it was just a split second, a flash. I told myself it was my eyes playing tricks on me thanks to the beveled mirror. But it gave me a weird feeling. I refused to listen to the details of what happened to my cousin after the funeral. I think I was trying to deny the fact I lost someone I cared about, but was forced to come to the realization when I was staring at his closed casket. So I finally got the courage to ask my other cousin, who is the assistant coroner for our county, what happened to my cousin Chris. He told me Chris was drunk and fell asleep while cooking something on the stove. They said he must have woken up and realized that the house was on fire because when the fire department kicked in the door, it landed on his body. He was reaching out to the door. He was that close to the exit, that close to still being here. It still gives me chills. Was the person I saw in my dream the night before my cousin Chris? Did I literally have a vision of my cousin's death? Or was it a strained dream brought on by stress of losing a loved one? Was he trying to contact me? Has the stress of 2020 finally gotten to me? And do I need a straitjacket? Can I at least pick out the color? <laughs> Anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed my story. I don't have any ambient stories, but my fiance does like to sleepwalk sometimes. So I'll have to send those funny stories to y'all another time. Creep it real, Marion B. When she said reaching out to the door, I was like, it's the figure. Well, as soon as you said that your cousin died in a fire and you said that the figure was black, but human eyes, I knew it instantly. Oh, shit. I knew it instantly. Oh, gosh. But it could have even been your subconscious too. Like just playing devil's advocate here because I don't, I'm like you, I'm like, I believe, but I'm a skeptic. So if you just think about like your subconscious and what you know about house fires and and if you have maybe heard some stuff of people talking and you don't even realize what you've heard, you kind of put the pieces together in your dream. Yeah. So it could just be the pieces of what you know. And so you felt like maybe Chris would be reaching out to you. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that would help me sleep at night would be it was my subconscious, not a vision of his death because I wouldn't be able to sleep at night with that, you know? Yeah. Well, I would because, you know, asleep. But <laughs> you get the point. Yeah. I would have a hard I would have a harder time with that. I don't know. Wow. Really sorry for your loss though. Me too. Gosh. That is so heartbreaking. Any abrupt loss like that and then it's trauma related. Gosh. Yeah. Mm. On a lighter note, when she said full-bodied, all I thought about was that could be a pickup line. Like, I like my, insert, girl or guy, like I like my wine, full-bodied. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, the next story. Okay, I have another story for you guys. I sent in my first story on August the 6th. I love your podcast, ladies. I listen while at work, and it really helps to pass the time. I love the Sinister Sightings best. It really helps me with the fact that maybe I'm not as weird as I think I am. Anywho, my story is not very long, so here goes. I started working for an attorney in 2002. My boss owns a very old building in downtown Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It used to be the old Woolsworth, I think. He renovated the bottom floor for offices for all of his staff and the other top two floors he uses for storage. He started renovations but stopped halfway through and ran for a judge position. I was asked one year to put up the Christmas decorations for the office. It was an extra $100 at a time when the funds were very much needed, so I said yes. My husband, me, and my then three-year-old son decided to knock it out one night, then go have a nice dinner at a nearby restaurant. 
The front doors open up to a large lobby with stairs on the left leading up to the creepy-ass top floors. I mean it, ladies. It's extremely creepy, and I try my very best not to go up there. Not only am I an extremely extra-large pizza, I ain't studying no stairs. So, we're almost done. My husband takes my son to the bathroom and sends him back to me so he can use it. I'm running down the list, standing in the middle of the lobby. Tree? Check. Outside decorations? Check. Fake mantle deco? Check. My son walks in and stops and stares at the top of the stairs. I finally notice and ask him what he's looking at. He answers, who is that? Why is he mad? I never even looked at the top of the stairs. I said, nope, and I scooped him up and ran out of the room. My husband was walking towards us, and I just said, go now. He knows I'm not a freak out kind of person, so he just simply walked out with us. We got in the car and go to the restaurant. Once we get seated, he just looks at me and says, do I want to know? I just tell him no. I eventually told him, and he just says that I'm glad you only have to be there from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. That place gives me the creeps. I'll write again with some other stories about this old building that I'm sitting in right now. Some of them are even more strange, but are not as memorable because my child is not involved. I have never brought him back here in the 18 years I've worked here. Thank you, ladies. Please keep the wonderful podcasting up, Amber. Amber, there are some creepy fucking buildings in downtown Hasburg. Yes. I wish I could get my brother-in-law to tell this story, and he would he won't. So I'm going to shitty, shitty tell it really quickly. So they do this thing in downtown luminaries or something where they put like, they used to put like candles in bags. And I think now they use fake ones. But anyway, and they like light the path downtown. You can walk it at Christmas and like go into these older houses that are decorated for the holidays and get to like tour them, blah, 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 blah. Well, my brother-in-law did that in one of the houses and my nephews were upstairs playing with all these kids. And long story short, he was talking to this woman and said something about there being 10 kids up there. And she's like, no, there's nine. And there was a girl up there swinging that he and my nephew saw that like wasn't there. There was not a 10th girl up there. Yeah, and didn't you say, like, she didn't have feet or something? She, He was, like, looking back on it, I never saw her feet. I never saw her, like, touch the ground or Ugh. something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of history in this town, and it's, like, that's what, like, I just don't understand about how shit works. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, like, as towns grow because people are there, it's, like, oh, you think, oh, this town was established in 1904. Well, but there have been people here for the... You know, for how long? You know? Right. And so it's like there's so much history everywhere. I don't know. I know that's like, that's so silly. No, I get it. The next one. I have only one other person I have ever trusted with these experiences, but she was around for some of them and was a witness to the aftermath, but I've never really shared my story. So forgive me for rambling on as I tend to do because it's not easy to relive this. I will only refer to the entity as the thing because I have no desire to have anything start again. I move into this small bungalow type house, a rental, that actually turned out to be one of the Sears catalog houses and that was why the railroad tracks were across the street. The train would stop there and the house would be unloaded and then people would put them together. A cool little piece of history. My house still had a spot where the wood stove would have been when it was built. When I moved in, I had two dogs, Dreidel and Jubilee, and one cat came shortly after named Toby. First couple years were pretty uneventful, except my physical and mental health seemed to be failing. I always felt drained being in the house, and even for pets, my animals seemed to sleep more. I started tripping over my own feet, experiencing a lot of pain, and housework was falling behind. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and depression. I ended up needing a caregiver, Jane, just to help me keep up with the house. Then the weird stuff I'd always put aside got worse. The salt shaker was the first real physical thing. It was one of those cheapo cardboard ones, and once they're empty, just toss it. So I did, in the garbage can underneath the sink. The next day, it was right back on top of the stove. 
So I thought, okay, maybe I forgot, or Jane thought it was there by mistake, and I threw it away again. The next morning, it's back. I thought I was really losing it, so I had Jane take it outside to the garbage can and toss it. The next morning, it's back. I was so mad, so I just said, whatever, I'm tired of this shit, It turned my back when the salt shaker flew off and smacked me in the back of the head. What followed that incident was beyond anything I have ever known. I didn't have the money or energy to move. I was having to use a walker because my balance was off kilter. Actually, I was being pushed either from the side or my back. It felt like a cold brush of air, but with weight to it, and I would nearly fall down. Waking up at night to my feet being pulled or my back being scratched or pinched, horrible nightmares. I would be working on a craft and put the scissors or tool down for a moment and they would disappear only to either show up in the freezer or in the bathroom or not at all. And I would buy another one and the old one would just show up. I had made these really cute necklaces for the eclipse and sold almost all of them. Came home with the money, put it on top of my dresser because I was so tired. I fell asleep and I woke up two hours later and it was gone. No one else was around that day. I knew it had to be taken. Every bit of happiness I felt was immediately sucked out of me. I was terrified, but I didn't feel safe disclosing everything that was happening because when I talked with Jane about what was going on, things seemed to get worse. Sweet Dreidel was 10 years and 2 months when arthritis got the best of her and the vet told me her x-rays showed holes in every bone in her body. He said he'd never seen a case so bad. She was put down and I inwardly blamed the house. Jubilee needed emergency surgery because her uterus became infected. It was filled with 10 pounds of infected pus and gunk. She survived, but the vet said he had never seen a worse case than hers. Toby, the sweet tuxedo kitty, ran out one day and was killed by a semi. A close friend and my mother both died unexpectedly. I seemed to be surrounded by tragedy. I didn't want to hang with me, and I'm an introvert. Whenever I was out of the house, I felt better, but I didn't know what to do. Nightmares and strange noises like growling would keep happening until one day I was on the phone with a friend and he heard it too. He was actually a clairvoyant and he told me to get help immediately or I would be dead next. I started searching out paranormal groups in my area, but no one wanted to come help me. I kept getting message after message telling me they weren't taking new clients or maybe I should see a counselor instead. I don't know if I wasn't explaining things right or if I sounded too crazy, but in retrospect, I think the thing was making my descriptions come out as someone not in their right mind or an intention seeker. I reached out to my friend again, and he got together a blessing that I would have to do myself. I got the sage, the holy water, and all the objects I needed. It took 12 hours, but finally everything felt clear. I kept the objects of protection up until I was finally able to move. My friend told me to throw out everything so no part of me was left behind and I wouldn't be followed. I got a dumpster and I threw out everything, including all the things that had been placed to protect me. The thing is that the person who lives there now has put up a fence and blockade type things and the place looks awful. I would venture to guess that it is still there going after the new resident. I haven't experienced anything else since then. My health improved. I didn't need the walker anymore, but the fibromyalgia and pain are here to stay. I will answer any questions you have. Thank you for reading my story. Please use my nickname, Greenly. Holy Hannah. That is so fucking scary. As Carrie says, nope, don't like that. Yeah, like not even a little bit. Nope, 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 nope. Mm -mm, hell to the no. Did you ever, like, reach out or, like, I don't know, like, drop a note in their mailbox? Be like, put up shit to protect yourself. This house is fucked up. No, because it'd be like that watcher house then. True. Someone would be like, holy shit. 
like we're not safe here, but not from spirits or anything. It'd be like, no, whoever left this message. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that your friend was on the phone with you and heard that shit that day. Yes. I hate that you had to endure so much loss, though, before you were able to get the protection and then move out. Yes, that's so freaking sad. So you ditched everything? Like you took nothing with you? Like new furniture, everything? I mean, worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely worth it. I mean, I'd sleep on a fucking pallet on the floor if I had to. That has to be liberating in a sense to to leave everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to the next one. This is a true story. Some names were changed, but accurate descriptions of said individuals. Let me start as all these start. Sorry it's long. My spelling and grammar are shit. I'm clearly an empath. Not just playing with you guys. Or am I? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So I lived in this apartment with this dude. We shall call him Dick. He was dating a girl that lived up in Chicago, which was about an hour drive from us. So he would go there or she would come down on the weekends. I would go up to see her with him sometimes. It was always weird in her apartment, and I felt like someone was watching me from the very back bedroom, which the door faced the living room slash kitchen area. She always kept the door open and the lights off. It felt as if someone was sitting in the dark, staring into my soul. One weekend night, she was down our way. We hit the nearby campus bars and got fucked up. When they closed, we hit the IHOP right down the street. Ate some food, bullshitted, and sobered up to drive home. When we got back to our place, we sat in the living room talking shit for a while. At this point, it was 6 a.m. and they decided to go to bed. Not having anything to do, I went to bed as well. As I'm laying in bed trying to sleep, I can hear them being loud as fuck. Jumping on the bed and playing around. Not fucking, I need to add that. It was literally acting like children. Listening to them for what seemed like forever, I was just getting more and more pissed off as I wanted to sleep. At one point, I yelled, shut the fuck up. They finally stopped being loud and it was quiet. But I'm still being angry as fuck. I can't sleep and just laying there pissed off for some time. Then, all of a sudden, I feel a pressure on my legs. And I look down and there's this figure holding my legs down. He had black, shorter, kind of spiky hair. Wearing a black shirt and just a scary as fuck look on his face that almost seemed demonic. I can tell it's not actually a human. How? I know my house and bedroom door were both locked and I was awake at the time, so I know no one was in my house. I heard no noises. It was like the world went silent. It just appeared and was menacing as fuck. He said nothing and just stared at me. So being freaked the fuck out and reverting back to a child state, I pulled the covers over my head and started screaming for dick. Yep, grown ass man under the covers screaming for dick. After what seems like forever and no dick never coming to my rescue. I mean, preach. (laughs) Just kidding. Kind of. I clenched them cheeks. Fuck fear farting and Dutch ovening myself. (laughs) (laughs) I finally felt the pressure go away. I waited a while, then looked out from underneath my cover and nothing was there. I hopped the fuck up, quickly unlocked my door, and knocked on Dick's door like the cops. After knocking and saying his name loudly several times with no response, I gave up. I go back to my room. I leave the door open and try to calm down and sleep. I can't. So I pretty much lay there for hours, freak the fuck out, till they get up. Once they came out of his room, I hopped up and go into the living room. Immediately, I say, What the fuck, man? Didn't you hear me yelling for you or banging on your door? He said neither of them heard shit. I replied, I was yelling loud as fuck. There's no way you didn't hear that shit. But they claim they didn't hear anything at all. I then proceed to tell them what happened. As I'm telling them the story and start to describe the figure at the end of my bed, the girlfriend stops me and starts asking questions about whether he had this or looked like that. She was describing the exact thing I saw. It turns out that this was a ghost that follows her and protects her. 
The apartment she lived in, the previous tenant died by suicide, and this was apparently him. I'm thinking that this thing must have sensed my anger towards him and reacted to it, possibly giving me a warning to calm the fuck down and giving me a warning like a big brother protecting his little sister or some shit. I have a handful more stories I'll submit over time. I'm a repeat lover and not a one and done type man. (laughs) Winky face emoji. (laughs) Thanks and fucking love the show. And I love all your fucks. I mean. It was really nice to be able to just say it. And hey, it's not me saying fuck. It was him. You just want his fucks. I mean, not gonna lie. Sure. (laughs) We know you. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I'd have freaked the fuck out. Oh, my gosh. Like, they couldn't fucking hear you yelling. What were they doing in there? (laughs) Did you ask them, like, two little monkeys jumping on the bed? What the fuck are y'all doing in there? (laughs) Well, they both fell off and bumped their head. That's why they couldn't hear him. Let me jump back here. Uh, What, you want his number? (laughs) No, I got his email. Okay, what is it, 1992? You're going to break out your Palm Pilot? (laughs) Okay, Miranda Hobbs. (laughs) No, but for real, for real, this is what I want to know. What's your IHOP order? Very important. Hey, y'all. I sent in another story earlier directly to your email, but I'm not sure if I sent it through properly. But in it, I said I would send in more stories about my paranormal stories. I have always been aware of the paranormal. My mother and my grandmother were both Christians and are firm believers in the paranormal. The story I will tell today starts when I was 15. My father and his current wife moved into their house, an old farmhouse built in 1866. Oh shit, this is going to be good. They let us children look at the house before buying it. At this time, my stepsister was going to be living with us and we would share a room. While everyone else was looking at the backyard, I was still in the attic room. That would be the room I would stay in when I was at my father's house. I noticed the room was extremely cold, which is odd for June in Mississippi. Oh, hey, neighbor. We all know it's hotter than Satan's balls during the summer here. After noticing this, I decided it was time to join the rest of the family. Fast forwarding to the first night staying here while still moving in. I wake up to banging on the door, quickly realizing, oh, fuck, it's the guys my dad hired to help us move who were in the same grade as me and hot I answered the door, silent, with arms crossed, because this big titty girl was in a tank top braless. (laughs) Never had that happen to me before. (laughs) (laughs) I have. The day goes on as normal, except for, let's be honest, when I was in high school, there were very rare occasions that I was braless. Right. Like even slept in them. Yes. Now I'm titty slapping in the wind as soon as I hit the door. (laughs) I mean, I've answered the door with only a tank top and, like, no bra, but uh, they couldn't tell. Yeah. I'm not in the big titty club. You're in the itty-bitty titty club? Mm Mm-hmm. It's okay. We love all titties, even though I hate that word. (laughs) Fucking hate that word, and I've said it about eight times. Okay. What would you want to call them? Breasticles? Uh, boobs? Boobs are, like, what you put on the calculator. Yeah. 8-0-0-8-5. Yeah. And then flip it upside down. (laughs) Okay. The day goes on as normal, except when I and my stepmother were cleaning the kitchen, we noticed things would be moved. The second night, I slept in my room upstairs and let my little brother sleep in the bed with me as he was seven and afraid the house was haunted. Well, he slept and I stayed awake because I felt like I was being watched. I tried to go to sleep, but as soon as I did... I was suddenly hit by a water bottle flying off the nightstand beside me. Things like this kept happening, and I constantly felt like I was being watched, especially in the bathroom attached to my room. I had a plate fly on the wall and hit me one day after school. That sent my stepbrother to screaming and run out to my father, who just said the art piece that was hanging on the wall broke. But it couldn't have just simply broken... The plate that hit me was on the opposite wall. I eventually moved to another room in the house because my older brother moved out of this house and back home with my mom, who I lived with for the most part. 
Fast forward to a family trip after I graduated with a liberal arts degree, my best friend is house-sitting for us with her husband. She sent me a text asking me about the man who died by suicide in my original room in the house. At this point, I had stopped spending the night at the house as soon as I turned 18. Even when I would house or pet sit, I would not stay the night. I immediately pulled my stepmom aside and asked her about this, and is it true? She turned ashen and made me swear to never tell my stepbrother. Later on the trip, when I had them both in the car without my stepbrother, I asked dad about this and why he never told me about it. His response was, ghosts and demons are not real, and I assumed you knew someone died in the house since we have a grave on the property. I told him, yeah, I knew there was a grave on the property. It did not mean necessarily that someone died in the house, especially not in the bedroom. I believe my stepmom believes something's in the house, as do I. The energy in the house is very oppressing and just felt angry towards me. I would always bring my ex to the house when I would pet sit because I didn't want to go in the dark, creepy house by myself. So he would always go with me since he had a background in ghost hunting. One night after learning the truth, we were over there taking care of the dogs, me, my boyfriend, and three of our friends. We heard loud footsteps coming from my bedroom upstairs. I motioned for them to hush. I went to the living room and grabbed my father's pistol and had them follow me upstairs. We get up there and there's nobody upstairs. It's only one large room and a small bathroom closet. After this, my ex decided we needed to cleanse the house. So the next time, we set about cleansing the house with holy water and crystals. Once we finished, the house immediately felt lighter. So that's the story of my father's house. I'm sorry for the novel I just wrote. I really love the podcast and you ghouls. Lauren. Does your dad know what Assume does? It makes an ass out of you and me. Because just because there's a grave, like you said, doesn't mean that it was like, oh yeah, so it was in your bedroom. Right. I mean, it could have just <laughs> been like the grandma who died at the hospital and she was buried on her property. Yeah. It don't mean shit. But it was in the room. Right. And the room was cold. It's not supposed to be cold in June. Mm-mm. Unless the whole fucking house is cold. But in that case, you got a really good air conditioner. I was going to say, or a really high bill. I mean, I feel like it's not necessarily an either-or situation. It could be a both. It could be, yeah. You got that good, good installation. Yeah, but uh, I learned the hard way. When you get new insulation, make sure you got good attic ventilation. Because then you're going to have a sheetrock problem around your vents. Because now they're going to be sweating and dripping on you. And then you're going to have to replace said sheetrock and still put a ventilation system in the attic because now your pipes are fucking sweating. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying it's what's fucking happening. <laughs> also, I don't know how, but Carrie misses the drippage usually. But I always get hit in the bathroom when I'm just minding my business, TikToking my life away. There's always a drop and it's like one of those big drops. So it like covers my whole tit. Or Are you sitting shirtless on the toilet? I'm confused. <laughs> well, on my shirt. Oh, okay. But also, I only have five hairs on my head. And so <laughs> when it gets wet, it just like plasters there. So I'm like, motherfucker. Also, when I walk into the living room <laughs> yes. from the bathroom, there's another one right there by the door. And I swear to God, they're like, hee hee, there she comes. And then my other tits covered. Legitimately, that's a true story. <laughs> it always gets you when you're walking through the living room. Yes. But the other thing is, your bathroom is the worst one. Yeah. And it's conveniently right there over the toilet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Buy a home, they said. It'll be fun. <laughs> also, I just love, Lauren, how your dad was like, oh, the art piece fell. And it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But uh, that plate... Flew across the room. Can we talk about that? Yeah. You, you mean the one that was on the opposite <laughs> end of the fucking ballroom? Cool. <laughs> ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I just assumed it was an estate. They had a, they had a cemetery on it. <laughs> <laughs> it went from one grave to a whole cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, though, that's that's still kind of creepy. <laughs> like, oh, kids, go play outside, but don't hit the headstone. Uh, if it was marked. Well, I would hope they would mark it. <laughs> that would be terrible. Put the septic system right here. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like that people have done worse with building homes. <laughs> All right, the next one's titled Urban Legend? Question mark. When I was young and living in Germany, I heard what I thought was an urban legend about some kids who killed their parents. Then one day when I was older, my mother confirmed that not only was it true, but because of her job, she was involved with shipping the bodies back to the U.S. I wanted to get the story straight before I emailed you, so I was surprised to find the article below. Here's a true crime from a military base in Germany. German police arrested two American teenagers in connection with the slain of their parents, who were found stabbed to death at Pattonville Military Housing near Stuttgart? The decomposed bodies of Army Staff Sergeant Terry L. Foltz, 39, and his 37-year-old wife were found Monday wrapped in blankets and canvas in the basement storage area of their apartment building. They were from Enterprise, Alabama, and were assigned to the 7th Corps headquarters in Stuttgart. The German police told United Press International that the couple's sons, 17-year-old Terrence and 14-year-old Shan, had been gone for more than a week with the family van. The brothers would be prosecuted under German law, but formal charges have not been filed. And the initial investigations indicated that the brothers had argued with their parents over money. The Army spokeswoman said military housing authorities discovered the bodies after residents in the apartment building complained about a stench coming from the basement. They broke open the room and discovered the decaying bodies of Foltz and his wife, who had not been seen since July 23rd. And according to the autopsy, the time of death was July 24th, around 1.30 a.m. Wowza. Did you notice, like, the underlying misogyny that they referred to the man by his name and never the wife? Yes! Just his wife. Yeah. The article, not the writer for the sinister side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear about that. Yes, sorry. The Yeah, the writer of the article, not the listener that wrote it in. Yeah. That is so sad that, I, like, just over some money, like. Yeah, I want to know how much money. I was thinking the same thing. I've been hanging out with you too long. Like, y'all 16 and 13, like, I think those were the ages. Mm, what y'all need? Like, we don't even know her, his wife's name. We just know his wife. Yeah. We know his full name. Mm-hmm. Also, Enterprise Alabama is not very far from us. No. Wowza. That's so sad. Like the poor extended family, you yes. know, I mean, your family's over in Germany, you know, they're military and they're over in Germany. You have family members that are part of the military and that comes with its own fears and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they didn't die in the line of duty in combat. No, their child killed them. Yeah. Nothing to do with the military at all. God. Ugh. Okay, the next one is Sweetly Sinister Sightings for Miss Donna. Hey now, it's your witchy friend Willow from Tucson back with another day in the life kind of story. So in 2004, my stepdad was diagnosed with an extremely aggressive form of brain cancer. Like February 1st, he had a clean bill of health. February 4th, bonked his head on something. February 6th, cat skin showed golf ball sized tumors. February 15th, he passed. Oh God. Like I said, he went extremely fast. I had five kids who adored their granddad, but everything happened so fast that we didn't tell the kids yet what was going on. I just needed to get to Callie to be with my mom and make sure she was okay. The morning he passed, my mom, a retired nurse, had gone in to check on him, cleaned him up, changed his clothes and his sheets, gave him his medicine to help him be comfortable. She called the hostess place to let them know his vitals and left him to sleep. Making sure the curtains were closed tight because the light was hurting his eyes, she walked back into the front room and made herself a bowl of cereal and watched as two glowing balls came from the window in the front room and went around the corner to Mel's room. 
My mom said that at that moment, she knew he was gone. His wife, Sue, had passed a few years prior from mesothelioma, and his son, also Mel, had died playing Russian roulette, also just a few years before. They called him Little Mel, but my sister and I just knew him as Mel or Loco. My mom waited a few minutes because she had seen this before. When she had walked back in the room, he had turned himself towards the window and had both arms stretched out and was smiling. The tumor had taken away his smile, so she knew he was gone. That morning, my oldest, 14, who is super sensitive and openly talks to spirit, came to my room and said, Granddad came and said, don't worry about it. He saw the baby and said, she's a peach. At this time, I didn't know he had passed. I'd been trying to get me and my youngest, five months old, to Callie so he could also meet her, but I was too late. My flight was actually the next day. I get home for my mom and my sister, and immediately I got signs hitting me left and right. My mom asked me to drive over to my sister and get her to bring me over there. I get to the van, step inside, and the awning in the apartment parking lot just starts pouring water, like as if it's pouring rain, and it goes for like a minute or two. I acknowledge it, say thank you, I loved you too, and start the car. Mel listened to either talk radio or old country, and he would always turn off the radio when he left the car so as not to overstress the battery when it started up again. The radio was on, and Bobby V's Take Good Care of My Baby was playing. I just smiled and said, I promise, when I drove to get my sister. She gets in the van, and we're talking on the way back to my mom's, and she asks if I thought Mel was going to hang around for a while. And I shit you not, we hear, oh yeah, loudly from the back of the van. Uh, skirt! I pull over and see that one of Mel's Tigger dolls was, for some reason, in the back of this van and had gone off. We both laugh nervously when we tell our mom. Mel was around for a long time, checking in on us. With me, I got dimes. Once I was upset and had just left my husband after 18 years and freaking out on what to do, a dime fell out of the air between myself and my friend. I took it as it was going to be okay. Well, this got a little longer than I planned, but I got more to this. Keep it up. Love hearing y'all laugh. Smiles. Keep on creeping it on. Willow. Wow. You know what I thought, though, with the dimes? Like, he's a dime a dozen. Oh, a dime will do you. A dollop of daisy. That's definitely not the saying. Dom will do you, but I like it. (laughs) Oh, and that was so sweet, though, that he had his smile back. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I also love that your mom was so, like, loving and, I don't know, just, like, about his first wife and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. That was special, I feel like. Yeah. That has to be so hard to feel like you're having... Like, I don't know, I would feel like I was always having to feel someone's shoes. Mm. And I know that that's, I mean, I'm sure that there are situations where people feel that way. But also, I'm sure that there are marriages where you don't feel that way. But I don't just, that seems so special that she found that peaceful. Mm -hmm. So that just says a lot about their marriage and their relationship. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the last one's titled, What in the Stranger Danger is Going On Here? Hi, ladies and all of my fellow creepsters. I wanted to first say how much I love the show. You both always have me laughing like the hyenas in The Lion King with your banter. I'm a firm believer in the paranormal and a true crime addict. I have yet to have anything super creepy happen to me, so I will share some true crime stories with you. The first story, I had a crush on a kid who would become a killer. I want to say that this was somewhere in the 90s during my preteen years when the hardest decision was deciding between which NSYNC or Backstreet Boys poster would be put up next to my bed. This was during the time when kids were actually outside majority of the day and you would know to go back home when the streetlights came on or you heard your mom calling for you. It was summer vacation and all of the kids on my block were at a neighbor's house just down the street. My mom kept urging me to get outside and play. I wasn't and still not really a people person, introvert at heart. When my mom finally pushed me out the door, I reluctantly walked over to where all the kids were. That's when I saw Peter, 
The name has been changed, though. Tan, tall, and California shaggy brown hair. My jaw dropped. I swear my eyes and heart popped out of my body like you see in the cartoons. And he was walking over to me. Me, the most awkward kid on the block. Have you ever seen Pen 15? Maya, question mark, I too represented the Japanese bowl cut hair during my younger years, unfortunately. And yes, I have seen it and I freaking love it. I mean, also the title's penis. I mean, how can you not love that? And that's weird because I made the boobs comment, the Mm -hmm. calculator one. Oh, we started talking. And from that point on, we hung out every day until he left to go back home. He was staying at a family friend's house. We didn't swap phone numbers, no farewell kiss or anything, but he promised he'd be back. And he did the next summer. We stayed close summer friends for years, and my parents would stay friends with his dad for years to come as well. Eventually, Peter and I lost touch, and he didn't come anymore for the summers. I moved on to new crushes and soon forgot about him. That was until one day when I was a senior in high school that my mom said that she had something to tell me. Remember Peter and his dad? Me. Oh, I forgot about him. Such a huge kitty crush on Peter. How are they? Did you hear from his dad or something? Mom. Well, I don't know how to say this, but Peter's dad is dead. Peter and his dad had an argument, and when his dad fell asleep while watching TV, Peter grabbed his dad's shotgun and shot him to death. Oh my god. I really had no words after her last statement. Later, we found out Peter had pled guilty to murder and would be in jail for the majority of his adult life without parole. To this very day, I still can't believe it. This was a terrible tragedy and goes to show you that you never really know a person. Second story, a lighthearted follow-up. My next story is a change of palette from the last. This happened to me a few weeks ago, and after a week or so, I can finally laugh about it. My husband had gone on a vacation down south for a week with his motorcycle club. We're Midwesterners. I stayed behind to work and to watch our kids. It was the first night on our own, and I thought I could handle everything just fine. About 8 o'clock, I start to put the kids down for bedtime. I got a notification from my Ring app that someone was by my door about 15 minutes ago. When I reviewed the video, my heart dropped into my stomach. There was a man standing outside on my front lawn. He had rung my doorbell, which we didn't hear because it wasn't hooked up. If we had heard it, my dogs would have gone nuts. I have three, all rescues, and my biggest, who is 75 pounds, Duke, had previously been abused by his male owner, so he's not fond of men. He stood in my front lawn for about five minutes and left after, I believe, singing a song. Yes, a song. Now, to a normal person... This would look like a case of a guy who was probably drunk and got the wrong house. To me, a person who has high anxiety and watches way too much true crime for her own good did not. My brain went through every ID Discovery channel ever watched and every true crime podcast ever listened to. I checked every door and window, walked around the entire house, and checked every nook and cranny. Then checked it again. I ordered a security system and favorited every safety security equipment that Amazon had to offer. Sign me up for free delivery because I was in it to win it. Sleep, don't need it. Fast forward to a week after not sleeping and imagining every worst case scenario possible. It was a case of the wrong house. And that, my friends, is what living with anxiety is like. Mm -hmm. Taking a situation and blowing it way out of proportion. Preach. (laughs) Right. Thank you so much for your time. I know these were long, so thank you for hanging in there with me. I hope you enjoyed them. Thank you so much for your time, Kelly. Nope, don't like that. Mm -mm. Don't be coming to my house. Get up off my lawn. I'm that that mean old man. Don't get up (laughs) off my lawn. Turn my sprinklers on. I don't have them, but I'll turn them on. You heard all the home improvements I need to do. I can't afford sprinklers. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I would be so freaking scared. And how did you find out that it was... Uh, My the, thoughts, exactly. Yeah. Like, how did you find out? Did you put it on the, like, ring, like, community thing? <laughs> you know how... I, I think it's that. Yes. Where you're like, yes. 
or even just like your neighborhood watch thing. Yeah. <laughs> this random guy was singing a song to me. What the say anything is going on here? And they're like, oh, uh, sorry, that was me. I was really drunk. I got lost. Oh, my gosh. Also, you sound like me, but not as bad because um, I have a ring doorbell. Well, I have a nest that I haven't hooked up, and I've been in the house, you know, like uh, three years. Well, like two and a half years. So, but I have not put it up. And Can I have it? No, (laughs) (laughs) because I want to put it up. But the wires are just sticking out. Because that's what the electrician did. He was like, I don't know how to do those. And I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. I know. Hashtag just didn't want to. Right. Well, I had a gentleman caller come over. It was like during the day he came over for something and then ended up getting, you know, mm-hmm. afternoon Called. delayed. <laughs> but um, I he, te- he had to text me that he was here. And when I opened the door, he was like, I was going to ring the doorbell, but... uh. <laughs> like pointed i was like (laughs) the shade (laughs) the actual shade (laughs) also um shade to marley because she's a terrible guard dog sometimes sometimes so when it's a stranger to her she's met him once but like when it's you she goes haywire because well it's you we feed off each other's energy y'all really do y'all really do but, yeah, she'll just, like, randomly bark at nothing, too. And I'm like, you always get me. Like, I go out there, like, oh, shit, who's here? Who's... Nobody. Uh, you know what got me? Colby fucking uh, getting me with that fucking air horn when I came in from the <laughs> grocery store the other day. I saw the video, and it's pretty great. Motherfucker was hiding in the kitchen when I came in with the grocery <laughs> bags. I was like, oh, hey, boo, you're so cute. Bye! <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Y'all are amazing. Thank y'all so much for all these stories. We love getting them. So keep them coming. Send them in aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. You can send them to the email or you can go to our website aparanormalchicks.com. Either way, you can send them in. Oh, but if you go to the website, make sure you let us know if we can say your name because like, I mean, if you sign it, great. But if you don't, just be like, you can say my name. Yeah. It's confusing for both parties. You put your name in the form, so it's like, I wouldn't think to be like, yeah, you can say my name, because the name's in the form, and so it's like, from so-and-so. Right. But But it's like, we don't want to... Yeah, we don't want to say your name, and you're like, should I meant to be anonymous? Right. So we err on the side of caution. Yes. For once in our lives. (laughs) So, just kidding. I'm a rule follower. But send them in. Thank y'all so much for listening, and remember... Creep it real, and and don't don't get scared. scared.